Do you think that classical music is not for you and you don't know where to start? Or maybe you're a fan already and would welcome a fresh approach. You've come to the right place. Perfect pitch is for everyone, beginners or experts, whatever your age. Lend Nick Healy Hutchinson your ears for his weekly dose of classical music that will enrich your life. In an earlier podcast, I played you Karl Maria von Weber's Invitation to the Dance and alluded to his influence on the development of German opera and orchestration, as well as a particular esteem in which he was held by none other than Beethoven. Amongst his other notable works are two concertos for clarinet. The final movement of his second concerto, marked Alla Polacca, like a Polonaise, is one of those passages in music which allows the soloist to show off her virtuosic skills. I've never picked up a clarinet in my life, but this sounds horribly difficult to me, especially in a demanding final flourish. Here is that lively and optimistic movement played by Sabine Meyer with a Schatzkapelle Orchestra conducted by Herbert Blomstedt. Thank you. 
If you still to go to your first opera, here's a plea. Don't decide it's not my thing until you've tried. The reputation that this art form has for some as being the preserver of the privileged and the rich is nonsense, old hat, frankly a big yawn, as well as no longer being supported by the facts. Huge strides have been made by all the leading opera houses and more recently formed the festivals up and down the country to make it accessible to everyone. Language is no longer a barrier either, thanks to the almost universal use of surtitles. And cost? Yes, you could spend a small fortune if you wanted to, but you could also attend one for considerably less than the average price of a Premier League football match or a West End musical. In other words, it just comes down to perception and preconceived baseless opinion. The trick, as a first-timer, is to find the right one. Then acknowledge that you're unlikely to love it all. But like your experience on a golf course or any other sporting endeavour, you will be teased just enough by a moment of such utter perfection and beauty that you're left with no choice but to return. Opera combines theatre, design, orchestra, singing. Most of the major art forms rolled into one. 
It might seem strange to sing stories, but to burst into song is something we've all done at some time. So it is, in fact, not quite as crazy as it seems. To assert that you're not going to like opera before going is to say that you enjoy reading and refuse to go to a Shakespeare play. You're depriving yourself of an emotional response which you cannot imagine. Obvious candidates for a first try are most of the Mozart operas, Don Giovanni, The Magic Flute, The Marriage of Figaro, and Puccini's La Boheme. Bizet's Carmen, another, and La Traviata, which we've already heard the prelude, another. But perhaps a less obvious contender by Traviata's composer Verdi is Rigoletto. Verdi wrote 29 operas and can reasonably be heralded as one of the most successful opera composers ever. Rigoletto has a lot going for it. The moving story of a father's love for his daughter, Gilda, who is raped by his much reviled employer, the Duke of Mantua, and with whom she then falls in love. Rigoletto seeks his revenge with disastrous consequences. First performed in 1851, it was an enormous success. Above all, though, this is an opera where the tunes just keep coming at you from beginning to end. It's almost impossible to single out one passage, so I'm going to give you two, the second of which you will know, even if you've never listened to a piece of classical music in your life before. But we'll start with a quartet in the final act, which is a glorious melody with beautiful intermingling of voices. The hunchback Rigoletto is showing his daughter Gilda, here sung by the great Joan Sutherland, nicknamed La Stupenda, what a bounder the Duke is. He is seducing Madalena, the sister of Sparavuccide, the assassin whom Rigoletto has hired to bump off his employer, the Duke. Pavarotti, who describes Sutherland as having the voice of the century, made this part of the Duke his own. Four voices. Duke proclaiming love for Madalena. Madalena replying along the lines of, I bet you say that to all the girls. Gilda observing, that's what he said to me, so Madalena had a point, and Rigoletto doing his best to convince Gilda that the Duke is a wrong'un. What a mingling of voices this is. Joining Pavarotti and Sutherland are Leo Nucci in the part of Rigoletto and Isola Jones as Madalena. This is a live performance and it's utter perfection. No wonder the crowd went mad. And that last note from Sutherland, I don't know if it's in the score, but if you know you can do it like this, well, why wouldn't you? Oh, 
That applause, by the way, before I discovered the fade button and worked out how to use it, went on for a full two minutes. The second aria I mentioned is one of the most famous in all opera. Everything has gone horribly wrong. Well, it's opera, isn't it? And on hearing this melody, Rigoletta realises that his plans for getting rid of the Duke have failed. Worse still, he's about to discover that his daughter has been the victim. Verdi knew he was onto something here. The aria was rehearsed in great secrecy and only shown to the singer playing the Duke just days before. And the composer was right. It went down as the highlight of the first performance. Here is Pavarotti again, singing La Donna e Mobile. Take a listen to this brief passage composed by Leopold Mozart, father of Wolfgang, and see if you can guess what the instrument is. Thank you. 
Well now, if you guessed Horn, you were partly right, because that was indeed the end of Leopold Mozart's Horn Concerto No. 1, played by probably the finest horn player this country has ever produced, Dennis Brain. If you thought it sounded a little rubbish, you might want to think again, and you'll almost certainly rewind it, when I tell you that Brain was having a bit of a laugh by playing it on a garden hose. That's how good he was. Brain was almost destined to play the horn. His father, uncle and grandfather had all been players of the instrument, but he came to surpass them all in a life cut short as a consequence of his other passion, fast cars, in a fatal car accident in 1957 when he was just 36. Every orchestra wanted him and many composers wrote for him. Here he is in a more familiar piece, Mozart's last horn concerto, his fourth. Every time I hear this, I marvel at the restraint. The notes are not so much played as they are caressed. It's really as if Brain's horn is lined with crushed velvet. Mozart's fourth concerto is played here by Dennis Brain with a Philharmonic Orchestra conducted by Herbert von Karajan.
it for now thank you for listening to perfect pitch with nick healy hutchinson he'll be back again next week with some more treasures for you so please do join him then and you can subscribe to this podcast by clicking on the link below